All right, let's do this. Get set. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Running Flat Radio is a paid program on AM 800. And uh, welcome to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski here, and Kelly Steele is actually on remote this evening. Kelly? How are you? I am really good. Did you recover from the weekend? You know, I'm still recovering. I'm still <laughs> recovering. We, what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is is you're listening to Running Flat Radio, where we talk about running, how to run, where do you start running. Uh, but really what we're talking about is inspiring you to go do something. And, and Kelly Steele from the Windsor Star is our co-host on Running Flat Radio. And, and we have a really exciting show this week where we're going to be talking to uh, uh, a dear, dear old friend of mine, uh, Chuck Engel, uh, the mar- marathon junkie about his... Uh, 340 marathons that he's run that with three so impressive with 304 of them sub three hours he has a world record where he actually won a marathon in every state in the union in the united states so chuck's on in, in a little while and then we actually have the beer mile guy on oh darn that yeah. would have been <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to be listening to the podcast then <laughs> yeah so we have we have uh, uh james nielsen um from san francisco he'll be on the show talking about how he did the sub five minute beer mile and then of course michael doyle joins us at uh at quarter to the hour uh with what's going on in canada but there's just so much so much exciting stuff going on what kelly was referring to is we just came back from the Peely Island Winery Half Marathon, which was a uh, a resounding success, uh, an incredible weekend of, uh, of warm weather, lots of friends, and uh, and a lot of fun. What, you know, what, what was one of your favorite moments of uh, of this weekend? You know what? I always I always love the start of the race. You just get that energy, and you know everyone's kind of all geeked up about it. And you know it was really cool when uh, Jim Crest, your announcer there, kind of shut it out and was saying, you know, where's everyone from? I have to say, it was pretty amazing to see how far away some of those people traveled to come to that race. It really is. I mean, it, it's one of those races where, um, you know, we've got California, Texas, uh, New York. Uh, we had those five lovely ladies from uh, Dartmouth, near Halifax, Nova mm-hmm. Scotia, who came in. Um, we, we've got to make sure it's Dartmouth. Um, so, you know, and, and, and they did a wonderful job running and it's just, it was so amazing. I spent the extra day off the island mm-hmm. or on the island. I just got off the island, uh, shortly. Uh, it was, what was really interesting was there was still a lot of runners left on the island. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of people I was talking to, like, especially had some of your Oakville runners, some of the Georgetown runners, they were all spending the extra night, which is a pretty cool thing. You, yeah. you know, they had a good time if they're staying an extra night. And, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and we were on the, on the ferry back with a lot of folks from, Oakville, Cambridge, and um, London, just and, and Ottawa. Lot, mm-hmm. Lots of runners from Ottawa, which, which is a cool. big surprise. And I have to say, you're uh, you kind of you kind of pumped us up for the the buffet there afterwards, and trust me, it lived up to it. That was amazing, Chris. It was huge. It, it was, was huge. It was huge. Perch and all kinds of great vegetarian options. Uh, and it, the live music was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, it always is. So you know what my favorite part of the weekend what? was? Well, you know, on the island, there's this shoe tree. Yes, I saw that, the that, shoe tree. The, the shoe tree is, you know, as you're going up the main road on the island. The island's a, a small island, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know where Peely Island is, it's this, it's Canada's most southern inhabited landmass in Lake Erie, and uh, right near Putin Bay, Ohio. And when you're going up the road, you'll actually see, as you're making the turn on the north side of the island, the shoe tree, and it's this old tree that's got these shoes all tied in it. That's a great idea. It's it's really a really unique tree, and if you've ever been to the island, everyone knows the shoe tree. But you know what? Instead of me telling you the story, I've actually got the person who has the story online. Michelle Gerard Labonte joins us on Running Flat Radio. Michelle, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Michelle, <laughs> tell us about the shoe tree experience that you had this weekend, because it really is amazing. <laughs> it's actually embarrassing, but um, I forgot my running shoes. I went to do a half marathon run and I forgot my running shoes. <laughs> like who does that? It's like a skier forgetting skis, right? So um, halfway there, I forget that I'm on the ferry and I'm like, ooh, I have one of those home alone moments, you know, when the mother forgets Kevin, right? <laughs> my shoes! So I'm freaking out, right? And um, we get to the island. We have to pass that actual shoe tree that you're talking about on the way to the bread and breakfast. 
so my friend Elisa that's with me, she's like, you know what, let's go out and check. And I wasn't exactly sold, but I went out there and I looked anyway. And sure enough, there's this pair hanging in the tree that has like the perfect tread. It didn't even look like they were worn. That's and I reached up and it was my size. That is funny. Like, you know, you know, what, Michelle, I, I think maybe they need a short tree on the island, too, because last year when we went over, one of my friends forgot her running shorts. Yeah. So think of it. There's a great market there. For the whole run, you could have a, a shoe tree, a exactly. short tree. <laughs> so how so are the shoes? Yeah, I wasn't tall enough to get them, so I got my brother-in-law, Mark, and he came and undid them, and I put them on, and they fit like a glove, and uh-huh. I wore them in the race. How'd you feel? Okay? <laughs> they were okay. Yeah, I got a little bit of blisters because, you know, they're not my shoes, but... As soon as I was done that race, I went and I put them back on, and there that was that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And like they say, never do anything new in a race, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> stealing a pair of running shoes off a tree. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it, and I finished it, and yeah. I can't believe I did that, though. Like, who forgets shoes? Yeah, me. Well, you know what? Knowing that, maybe next year we should encourage runners who've uh, used all their shoes to throw them up in the tree for runners for the next year, right? Yes, exactly. Put all your shoes up there just in case you ever forget them. We, we can start a whole new tradition on the island. Thank you very much. Michelle, thank you for joining us and telling yeah, us that story. Thank Michelle. you, Chris, for all your runs. They're awesome. They're so much fun. You bring such new things to the Windsor Essex County. I love them. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Okay. So, Kelly, that was my favorite story that of the weekend. That is hilarious. I love that. That's a great story. Like, what are the chances, really? And actually finding a pair of shoes that fit her as well. Who knows? Who knows? Like, we've we've passed that shoe tree, I don't know, 100 times, right, on the course, setting mm-hmm. it up. And, and, and you always kind of look at it like, ah, it's a neat kind of artsy piece, you know, on on, a, on, a, on an island. Like the, like the Nookshook. There's a big stone in Nookshook not too far away from that mm-hmm. where they actually – Someone makes a big iPod and puts some wires to make it look like it's that. running. And they put a, a handmade bib on it as well to make it look like a runner. So, but, you know, who would have thought that that shoe tree would have actually had her size and she ran it and, and put them back? I'm pretty smart to actually think to go and, and check out the tree. <laughs> you know, like, really? It was either that or she was going barefoot, right? She was going minimalist. Oh, can you imagine that? <laughs> oh I, 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 I really can't. I really can't. But, yeah, Pelea Winery Half Marathon. Uh, we're, we're still undecided whether it's going to happen again, but if it does, uh, we'll probably open up registration before the end of the year, no doubt. Well, you know the pressure's going to be on to uh, hold that race again, because I'm telling you, I've heard nothing but positive feedback. Everyone loved I loved it, so I'm going to be pushing you to do it again. Yeah, it's uh, the pressure's been overwhelming, actually, because uh, people have been calling and emailing all day long. And then, of course, if you want more information on that race or you participate in the race and you actually want to see the pictures mm-hmm. from the race that we took, it, everything is on Facebook at our Pelee Island Wine half marathon page those are and, some nice pictures i'm not sure who your photographer was those are some really nice pictures uh it was uh lauren um heather who okay. is uh who actually is my nephew's fiance she took oh. the pictures for us so very nice yeah did, did a really nice job and of course uh midlife crisis was great and uh Vern's, uh tap and grill uh did a, did a wonderful job and of course all the the staff and and all the great people at uh, the Pelee Island Winery were were, were wonderful, and, oh. and and you can't you can't not thank the Islanders who oh, all yeah. came out and and oh and by the way we are missing something off the course. Oh, La- no. Last last year we were missing a whole lot of signs that went missing. Yeah. Um, we were missing the Obama, the Super Obama cutout ah, is missing. I saw the Super Obama right near the Portage on. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is actually owned by an Islander and it is missing. So if anyone has seen our Super Obama from Pelee Island cutout, uh, it is missing, and uh, the owner of that would like it back. So. See, I thought maybe you were going to be saying that uh, Wilson was missing. <laughs> no, because no, I think Wilson actually had a, had a GoPro camera to see if anyone was going to steal him hidden in the bushes. So anyway, but, uh, but thanks, Kelly, for joining us this thanks. week. Thank you, and great race, Chris. Oh, yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Thanks. So we're going to go to the Song of the Week, and, uh, and as we do Song of the Week, um, we're gonna we're really kind of reminiscent about the 60s and rock and roll and this is all about rock me anaphylaxis which is coming up in our race series this is Led Zeppelin with a whole lot of love you need
can recycle more. It saves money, reduces pollution, creates jobs, and reduces our need to dump our garbage in someone else's backyard. Whether you're a tree hugger or a couch potato, everyone can and should be motivated to recycle. For example, did you know each recycled pop can saves enough electricity to run a television for three hours? Find out all kinds of interesting facts about recycling this Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Essex Windsor Recycling Center. Swing by for a free tour of the recycling center and public drop-off and see how your products are recycled. You'll see the recycled truck demonstrations. Plant an herb garden. Have the kids make some compost pudding. Create an environmentally friendly cleaner. Enter a draw to win prizes and grab some lunch at the barbecue. Be sure to bring the kids, bring your eco group, or just bring yourself and find out exactly what goes on at the Essex Winter Recycling Center. It's the free open house this Sunday from 10 till 2 at 3560 North Service Road, East Corner of EC Row and Central. An invitation from Essex Windsor Solid Waste Authority. What if I told you the one and only Egg McMuffin is 290 calories? I think you'd go, I know, everyone knows. But what if I told you it's now available on whole grain? I think you'd go, nice. And Karen would go, what's nice? And you'd go, the Egg McMuffin is now available on whole grain. And Karen would go, nice. That's what would happen if I told you the 290 calorie McDonald's Egg McMuffin is now also available on whole grain. Hey, everybody, a quick reminder that hard-sided garbage containers become mandatory starting the 1st of July. Call 311 or check your pickup calendar for details. Now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. Tonight, clear, a low of 15. Tomorrow, showers along with a risk of thunderstorms in the afternoon, high of 21. Wednesday night, clearing, a cool low of 8. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, lots of sunshine for all three days, a high of 21 on Thursday, 23 on Friday, 25 on Saturday. Once again, clear skies tonight, a low of 15. Showers with the risk of thunderstorms tomorrow afternoon, a high of 21. Clearing Wednesday night and a cool low of 8. Hi, Brian Baumler here inviting you to DIY Days at Lowe's. This is Lowe's biggest sale of the season with amazing limited time deals store-wide. How amazing? How about 15% off all in-stock major appliances, 20% off all in-stock Master Forge, Charbroil and Browning barbecues, and 20% off all in-stock patio sets. Plus, much more, but only during DIY days at Lowe's. See store or Lowe's.ca for details. Some exclusions apply. Lowe's, never stop improving. From world events to local headlines, hear about it, then talk about it. This is AM 800 CKLW. Looking to start running? Strap on a pair of comfortable shoes. Now put one foot in front of the other and keep going. It's that easy. This is, this is Running Flat Radio on AM 800. Welcome to uh, Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW. On our uh, on our live line right now is is a dear dear friend of mine, uh, Chuck Engel from uh, MarathonGuide.com. Chuck is the uh, the advertising director for MarathonGuide.com, which which Running Flat does advertise with. And uh, and as a runner, I do uh, uh, access that Bible of a calendar that you guys keep up, and uh, and always look for for good runs around North America. The other thing that that, that Chuck does is Chuck is a a runner. And, and he has a, a number of, well, he has a world record, first off, in, in a first-place marathon finish in every state of the Union in the United States. And on top of that, Chuck is on a, on a bit of a quest to, uh, to actually how many sub-three-hour marathons he can do. And I believe he's up to, what, what, Chuck, what's the number? Uh, I think the last count was 302. I hit uh, 300 at the Hall of Fame race in Canton, Ohio, and uh, have done two of them since, well, three of them since then, and... Uh, yeah, so 302 right now. 302 sub-three-hour marathons you've done. How many to date, mar- like marathons, period? Uh, 340. 340. And, and Chuck, one, one last question. Do you do ultras or trail as well? <laughs> that's, that's funny. I, I actually did a trail marathon this past weekend. Uh, just every now and then I get a, a crazy thing and just decide to go abuse you? myself on some... You, trail, so you get a crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> trail, trail marathons to me are crazy, and I, I did this uh, this small little trail race just down uh, down south in Virginia, and uh, it was great. I mean, I I'm still sore. I road marathons, uh, you know, can hurt me, but nothing like uh, like a Pikes Peak trail marathon or uh, this little trail marathon I did this weekend. So um, I I just I don't run trail marathons, and so. I do for the abuse, I guess. I, it's kind of fun. So let, let me ask you, Chuck, where, where did this all start? 
running with you? You know, I actually I started off as a wrestler. I, I wrestled uh, to take guys on that weighed the same as me. And, uh, you know, my wrestling coach, um, Coach Leonard, we called him Cowboy Bob. Uh, I mean, we just we did hall sprints. And I, I found out doing hall sprints that I was pretty good. I'd do more hall sprints. And then even after practice, you know, to keep your weight where you needed to be, I'd just continue to run. Uh, and I, I, I had this thing where I could – this is back in the day before we knew that putting – you know, saran wrap and plastic bags on you was a was a bad thing. But I just I'd keep running, and I'd plastic bags and sweatsuits, and uh, you know I just keep running. And I got actually went to college and started wrestling there when the wrestling coach and the the track coach both kind of said, "Yeah, you know, you you'd probably be better off just running." I I was a decent wrestler, but you know, not uh, nothing nothing noteworthy, nothing right. like you know Dan Gable at Iowa, but. Uh, the running thing just seemed to take off. And I wasn't a world beater when it came to running, obviously, but I just, I had a natural ability to just withstand it and, and take the abuse. So why marathoning? Like, I mean, obviously when you started running, you probably did 5K, 10Ks, maybe maybe a half at that point in time, or did you go straight to full? No, you're right. I, I mean, even all through college uh, at Mountain Union in Lyons, Ohio, uh, where I ended up finishing my, my undergraduate, I mean, I did like 800, I did 1,500. Mm-hmm. I had a real knack for steeplechase. I got an All-American in a steeplechase, and um, uh, two of them, actually. And I, I really liked the abusive nature of the steeplechase. I mean, I was in a national meet one year and, and watched a kid crack his femur on a steeplechase barrier. And, and oddly enough, that just fired me up. I said, boy, this is a destructive sport. Uh, it's contact, and, and, it's, it, and it's abusive, and it's, 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 you're pretty much to each your own. I mean, there's, there's no teams out there, really. Uh, and I wasn't dependent on a goalie or a kicker or anyone to really score points for me. I was, it was up to me. Absolutely. And I liked that pressure. I thought that was a good thing. It was a good thing that success depended on my input. So, how, how uh, many, so that's kind of where it got started. How many marathons are you going to run this year, like in this calendar year? You know, I, I generally try to stick between 20 and 30. There, there's odd years where logistics just falls into place, and I can do 50, 58. Um, and, and sometimes there's year, high years where, you know, like, again, race directors call and say, hey, look, what, the hotel, just get up here. We talk at the pasta dinner. Uh, just tell people how crazy you are with running. And, and, and if you inspire one person, great. Um, so I've had a couple of years of, like, 58, uh, a couple of 50. Uh, but I'm generally, I like to stay between, you know, between 20. This year I'll probably hit, I mean, a wild guess would be 30, 35. Well, we're, we're still going to try to get you up for Run for Heroes in September. I mean, we, we would love to have you up here, and, you know, you can always crash at our place, and, and uh, you know, we can, we, we'd love to have you. So, Chuck, tell me about what your training looks like. If you're doing 30 marathons a year or, or even 50, 80 a year, are you even running during the week? Yeah, you know, that's the funny thing. Most people think that, you know, I'd probably just be off and resting, and I'll be honest, after this trail marathon this last week, I'm, I'm beat up. I mean, it was it was the footing was horrible for a lot of it, which is a trail marathon, so I kind of knew that it's going to be expected, into it. Yeah, yeah. But I I generally run um, between seventy to one hundred and twenty miles in, in a week, including inclusive of the marathon. So it's you know like Mondays I'll do uh, what I consider to be a power workout, which is either what I call EPs, Ingalls plyometrics, which is kind of an endurance version of plyometrics. So I do endurance plyometrics or Ingalls plyometrics, and then Tuesday's always speed, and it's, it's short, and it's fast, and it's like a 20-minute warm-up. And then I – I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to get turnover, like downhill hundreds, downhill 200s. I'm really trying to force my legs and, and joints and gears. And, you know, mentally I'm trying to get my brain to fire off faster than it does uh, just because so much of my mileage on a weekend is, is actually – you know, it's relatively slow. You know, six – between 547 and 612 paces, uh, you know, you have to do faster than that to make 547 to 612 pace comfortable. Right. And, and, and what does your nutrition look like then during a week? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, anybody who, who watches me day to day, they just, they, they laugh at what I eat. I eat everything. I've never been shy about my nutrition. I, I know there's guys that, um, you know, can really focus on their nutrition and, and, and are focused on, you know, the, the grams of carbohydrates, the grams, grams of protein and fat. I just, I have to eat. I mean, when you're running, between 15 and 20 miles a day, you just try to get the calories in. Um, although lately, I'll admit, uh, maybe it's a sign of my age, but 
I have changed lately. Um, I noticed my weight starting to just kind of creep up a little bit. Uh, so I, I, lately I have actually started to watch what I eat in the morning and what I eat at lunch. And um, Don't get me wrong, I, I still enjoy a good glass of red wine. That's just one of my <laughs> trademarks, I think. But, um, you know, I've just I've really limited uh, the, I don't know, the, the, the superfluous foods, foods. I just don't eat. I mean, every now and then I'll have a big pizza. Like I had pizza the other day, and, oh, it was heaven. It was really good. I enjoyed it. It was good, like margarita pizza. It was really good. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's I just I eat to eat. Yeah, and, and now, Chuck, you're early 40s, right? Like 42, 43? Yeah, I just kicked 43 uh, this past uh, February. Right. So are you supplementing in any way those joints of yours, or are you doing, like, MSM? Are you doing fish oils? Like, is, is you know, help our listeners out. Like, th- there, there must be something you're doing for your joints that's, that's you know, supplementing what, you're, what you naturally take in. No? You know, it's funny. I, I Other than my Cliff Bar stuff, I, I'm taking Cliff Bar. You know, I eat a Cliff Bar pretty much every day. I, I do their endurance recovery drink. Um, as far as supplements, I just don't believe in taking pills. And, and I think part of that, maybe it was Dick Beardsley who got me started on that whole don't take pills thing. You know, he was on the – he got addicted to pain pills. And I just – I, I, I kind of related that to taking pills. I said, you know, I just don't even want to start taking down that path of taking pills. Um, I'll take like a daily aspirin, like the little 81 milligram aspirin. I'll take one of those, you know, every day, every other day, just when I feel like I'm a little achy or I'll like, take one of those. But like an anti-inflammatory. I just don't like taking pills. Yeah, I just don't like taking pills. I, I'm just, I'm fearful of where that will lead. And, and what, once you get started taking a pill, it's just, it, it's a, it's a downward spiral, I think. And what kind of shoes are you wearing? You know, I've, I've been in Nikes forever. Uh, but actually this past year, Hoka won one. Uh, one of the guys at the Hoka won one, one of the sales reps reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, if you're interested, we've got a pair of shoes for you. Uh, so I've been dabbling with the Hoka one ones. Now there's nothing official or anything like that, but they've sent me, I, I've been blessed. I mean, Hoka one one sent me probably four or five pairs of shoes now. Uh, and I've been, you know, I've been putting in some mileage in those things and they've been fun. I, I've been a lifelong Nike fan. I, I, I grew up with, you know, Prefontaine as a, as a, just a role model, even despite his, his tragedy, you know, when he was young. But uh, I grew up in, in the Nike era, the Nike generation. Just if you didn't wear Nikes, you weren't a cool kid. And my feet pretty much adapted to any Nike shoe I ever put on. So yeah, it's it's funny you say that because we had uh, Jeff Galloway on last week with us, and uh, you, you can't talk to Jeff without asking him the the, the Prefontaine question, right? Because you know they trained together, they went to the Olympics together, and and uh, what a what a what an awesome guy Galloway is. Um, yeah, yeah and, it's amazing what he's done for the running revolution. Oh, absolutely, and and if people want to hear that interview, you can go on on iTunes and and download that from last week. Um, so your personal best is, is a two thirty. Two thirty. I've actually run two thirty one oh one, and I did that at the uh, what I think to be a pretty challenging course uh, at the Air Force Marathon in Dayton, Ohio, which is is, is gorgeous. They do an amazing job yeah. there for the marathon, and just a, a great course. And and what do you have left on your schedule? Do you think this year to 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 complete? Do you, do you have some highlights coming up? Some some big marathons? You know, I don't. I, I really. I, I'll sit down. What is today? Tuesday. So like Thursday morning, I'll wake up and go, "Hey, let's go do this race." Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about doing uh, the Sunburst races this past week in Indiana, and kind of fell through. And then I noticed there was a trail marathon. It was like you know maybe a four hour drive down in Roanoke, and I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of I'm healthy. I'm fit. I'm kind of in the mood to go beat myself up on a trail ma- marathon. Uh-huh. And, and so I, I called the race director and said, look, I'm coming in. And he was like, we'd love to have you. you know, this, uh-huh. I said, I'm looking for a race course that will kick my butt, that will destroy my legs. <laughs> and he goes, I've got the course for you. Come on with it. And so I, I drove four hours down there and got the living crap kicked out of me. It was great. <laughs> Chuck, <laughs> you know what, buddy? Just, just hang on. We're, we're going to catch you through the commercial. I'd like you to join me because you and I, we're going to interview the Beer Mile guy. And, nice. and 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 we're gonna we're gonna talk to uh, to uh, to the beer mile guy all about what what how he does this. I mean, I, I know you uh, you're probably wondering how he did this. Uh, James Nielsen is going to join us uh, on Running Flat Radio right after these messages from the AM 800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor, Essex, an information update with Paul Pedro. Windsor police officers are looking for whoever is responsible for several thefts at St. Alphonsus Cemetery in the 700 block of Ottawa Street. Bronze vases or candle holders were stolen last Thursday. Several flowers and mementos were also scattered on the ground. 
three arrests have been made following several boat break-ins at the Windsor Yacht Club. At least one of the boats was damaged during the thefts last night. A 28-year-old man, a 21-year-old male, and a 17-year-old have been charged with break-and-enter, possession of stolen property, and mischief. And the new public bridge between Windsor and Detroit has been granted a key permit from the U.S. Coast Guard. It's the last permit required for a new bridge. The Ambassador Bridge has been trying in court to stop the permit. AM 800 Sports, the Tigers are home to the Jays tonight to open a three-game series. The Kings and Rangers get the Stanley Cup final underway in L.A. tomorrow night, and the Detroit Pistons have hired Jeff Bauer as their new general manager. From the AM 800 Weather Center, tonight clear a low of 15, tomorrow showers along with a risk of thunderstorms in the afternoon, a high of 21, Wednesday night clearing and a cool low of 8. Right now in Windsor-Essex, 25 Celsius, that is 77 Fahrenheit. I'm Paul Pedro, AM 800 News. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible. From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Welcome back to Running Flat Radio. Chris Yusinski here. You know, I, we, we have my dear friend uh, Chuck Engel on the line. Uh, for those who are just joining us, Chuck uh, actually holds a world's record for the most amount of sub-three-hour marathons in the United States. Uh, he's done one in every state of the Union. And um, he's won one in every state of the Union in the United States. And we're going to get him up to Canada, hopefully this uh, this September, to join us for the Run for Heroes Marathon. And and maybe he can win that one. That way he'll have a win in Ontario and, and go across Canada. That'd be really nice. Wouldn't it be, Chuck? That'd be great. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to knock out the provinces. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, maybe we can help you start that. So uh, also on the line, and, and I know, Chuck, th- th- this is something that, that's really interested me as soon as this news broke about a month ago, that James Nielsen had sub-five-minuted the, uh, the beer mile. And what a YouTube sensation you are. James, welcome to Running Flat Radio. Thanks a lot, Chris. Excited to be here. Yeah, so just really briefly, um, you did go to school in Canada. I know yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm a school citizen in the uh, U.S. and Canada. I've lived in both countries. Uh, I've uh, done a lot of races in both countries. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I've, I've, uh, I've been educated in both as well. Awesome. So we're going to claim you for this interview, okay? That we're going to say that you're, okay, you're, you're, good. You're, 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 you're the Canuck that, <laughs> that, that broke the beer mile. All right, good. So, <laughs> you know, I, I watched the video, I don't know, probably 100 times. Um, it, it's, I, I, I have tried the beer mile on a number of occasions, uh, unsuccessfully, you know, I think I probably get about, uh, twice around the track and then I got to bend over and, and let it all out. How do you do this? And, and maybe you can, <laughs> maybe, maybe James, you can explain to our listeners, what is the beer mile? Yeah. So it's, uh, four beers and four laps. You, uh, pound a beer and run a lap, do that four times, um, and uh, there's uh, you know some rules in place around uh, kind of you know you can't you can't uh, drink the beers while you're running. There's a certain zone that you drink the beers in and then head on out, and and uh, you can't you can any the beer back up. And if you do, you have to run a penalty lap. So it's uh, it's a, it's a it's a good uh, strict rules that are enforced, uh, but it's a lot of fun. So there are official rules to the beer mile. Yeah, I mean there's you know there's there's a lot of different uh, you know. Uh, universities and um, and you know running clubs uh, have slight variations, but there's a website, uh, a Canadian site, BeerMile.com, that uh, lays out the ten rules, and that's kind of the uh, you know the official rule by most governing bodies uh, out there that run beer miles. Well, I don't think Athletics Canada actually has a section on their website for the beer mile, <laughs> but but frankly, I know. people are asking, <laughs> how do you make it official or unofficial? It's a- I don't scratch my head. Like everyone realizes, this isn't really recognized by Athletics Canada. There's, there's actually no official or unofficial or really anything. It's just, I mean, it really is just for fun. But, uh, but those of us that take it serious actually do take it pretty serious. I, I, absolutely, and and you know, James, you you make the you make it sound very easy that you just run a lap and you drink one and you run out of the lap and you drink one. But with all due respect, that's probably one of the hardest things to do. You know, because the pressure in your stomach after drinking a beer is incredible when you start moving at that pace. And um, yeah, and let's talk about how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. That's actually, I think, kind of my secret is um, you know a lot of people ask about well, is it more important to you know the running fast or 
or the drinking beer fast. But I mean, I, I think it's kind of, you know, the, the third thing that people don't really mention is just the ability to take that much, uh, you know, volume in your stomach in both liquid and carbon dioxide. So um, it's interesting because, you know, as a, uh, I don't know, as a university student and, and, and afterwards, it's kind of uh, whenever there's a, an eating competition for volume, you know, it's eat a 12 egg omelet or, or eat an entire pizza pie. It's, you know, I always do really well in those things. My friends are always trying to get me to, um, you know, to, to, I, th- I think I have, for some odd reason, I have a very large uh, stomach capacity uh, or maybe very elastic stomach wall. I don't really know what, I don't really know what genetically I have, but I do know that I've always been able to eat a tremendous amount of food um, and drink a tremendous amount of liquid. So I think that's kind of my, my secret, uh, you know, genetic ability that just allows me to have the volume to handle those four beers. That's incredible. So, so what has been the international media attention on you now <laughs> that you have been, been able to sub five minute the beer mile? Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, there are articles <laughs> reach from all over the world. I mean, um, and, uh, and really prestigious, big media sites have written publications, reached out to me. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to kind of, first off, I, mean, I was w- completely shocked at the way it all came, kind of came about and how excited people were about it. But I figured it would kind of fade away after a few days. But, I, I, you know, there's some major magazines that have articles coming out in the coming months that I won't, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let them kind of release it when they release it. Um, uh, out in the States, it was, you know, it was on the you know ESPN Good Morning America. It was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal last week. It's just it's been absolutely crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Hey Chuck, do you have any questions? Yeah, I, I think that there's a relativeness here with uh, the fact that he's he's an NCAA champion for the 5,000 meters twice. Is that correct, James? Yeah, that's correct. And, and you've also finished. Well, actually, you won the Eugene Marathon a, a little while ago. You qualified for the Olympic trials. So my question is. How different was your training for this sub-five-minute beer mile than it was for, say, winning an NCAA championship in the 5,000 meters? I mean, you, you obviously you're, you're, you, you had to lose some weight. You had to do some speed work. How, how different was it? Yeah, I mean, it, it is quite different. It was, uh, you know, as I kind of progressed through my career, um, you know, I started getting into marathon running and really getting into longer distances, even did a handful of ultra marathons. Um, and then, uh, you know, I mean, a big challenge was actually getting back in, in running shape. I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of realized I probably have to be able to run a mile in about 410 um, was kind of what I was I predicted was the, uh, the uh, you know, that's about as slow as I could have been in order to give myself the proper time to, you know, I, I figured I needed to run a mile between 420 and 430 uh, without the beers because you're, you know, you're stopping, you've got a lot of uh, volume in your stomach, so you have to be able to get them in pretty good shape running-wise. So a big part of it was just getting back in, being, getting back in 1,500-meter shape. Um, and then the other part of that was, you know, I, I mean, oh, joking aside, like I actually really did do interval work with beer uh, out on the track. So I would, you know, I would uh, pound a beer, run a lap, pound a beer. Uh, a good uh, a good time trial I would do on the weekends was three beers and two laps. So I would pound a beer, run a lap, pound a beer, run a lap, pound a beer. Um, so it was an 800, uh, but, uh, with three beers. And so, you know, that was a little bit different than training for NCAAs. <laughs> who, who was that under the cloak of darkness at your high school uh, track or <laughs> that's usually yeah, when we do the beer mile. I mean, I, I don't want to incriminate myself too bad, but, uh, yeah, I, I will say that I was, I was definitely doing things in public areas. <laughs> that is awesome. So, uh, marathon wise, are you, are you training for marathons right now, James? No, I mean, yeah, so I run every day. Um, you know, I uh, I was actually part of the Brooks Canada Marathon Project. I remember um, uh, uh, that based out in Toronto. Had a great time doing that. Um, I uh, I left I left the project in uh, in 2008, um, and I know continued on afterwards. But you know, since 2008, I've you know I've just kind of dabbled in some different things. I've stayed in shape, but haven't really wrapped my life around my running. It's more of uh, getting to those good solid runs every day. Um, and so I definitely want to do more. Uh, I've got, you know, I'm in pretty good shape, obviously, um, as far as speed goes. So I'll, I'll definitely be out there running some more marathons. I just got to figure out which one I want to do next. Hey, James, what, what, what got you running? Um, you know, I just, uh, I was always a team sports, uh, player, played a lot of, uh, soccer and basketball and baseball growing up. And, um, uh, you know, I just, uh, I started running, um, uh, in about maybe grade seven or so, and just uh, just fell in love with the sport from day one. Just 
Uh, I love the competition. I love the camaraderie. I love the fact that you can improve every single day that you train and you can see the improvements in kind of a statistical way. And, uh, yeah, it just it fit my personality. It fit, uh, and, I, and I did well at it. It's, it's always fun when you're a kid to be good at something. So, um, yes, yeah, it's a big part of my life. So, James, forgive me. So, um, you you ran in both Canadian systems and in American collegiate systems as well, right? You, you tra- um, I only compete. I actually, yeah, yeah, correct. Okay, and and do you find in Canada that our importance for running and track and field and and even track and field sports period is less important than it is in the United States? Uh, it's different. I mean, at the university level, so I went to university out in the U.S., and um, I mean, there is a huge, huge focus financially uh, and prestigious-wise with their athletic programs. I mean, they put a tremendous amount of, uh, of money and finance behind their athletic programs. Um, some people might argue almost to a fault where they start to de-emphasize the education. So, you know, I'll, I'll let people have their, their own opinions on, uh, on what that is. Um, and obviously, there are, there are two sides to every story. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I would say that the athletic programs at, uh, at the NCAA level um, certainly seem to be, you know, slightly more financially backed than the Canadian system. And, and what about in the uh, the elementary and, and secondary school systems? Yeah, I think um, it's, that's probably more of a, a regional type question. Um, I've seen some really impressive. Uh, track and field programs at a, at a really young level, and I've seen completely non-existent track and field programs. Mm. So, um, so I think it depends on you know the city, the state, the province, um, kind of uh, uh, there. So I'm, I'm not sure I've seen any you know country to country uh, any drastic differences. It's more about a regional differences. Right. So so what's next for for James James Nielsen, the current world record holder in the beer mile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, I'm definitely going to race again uh, in a bunch more times. I mean, I think uh, that was a fun time to get out there and uh, and run a fast uh, a time trial. I wanted to make sure that I, you know, controlled the elements and I, you know, had the right temperature of the beer and the right weather and the right day. Um, but uh, but in the end, it was a time trial, and I'm excited about you know getting a getting a lot of the best beer milers in the world, which you know happens to be the majority of them live in Canada, and just getting getting everyone together and just <laughs> racing and uh really providing some entertainment it'd be a lot more fun video if there were about 10 other racers in there so uh so you know we're we're, we're trying to organize a uh a, a day for everyone to get together and just kind of duke it out well you we know we have a sponsor called walkerville breweries up here and uh maybe we can talk to chris ryan the folks maybe we can sponsor a running flat beer mile uh, runoff that that uh, that you know that that could happen i mean running flat is just crazy enough to do something like this the world championship beer yeah. mile um, hey, you know, we just did a half marathon on an island in the middle of Lake Erie. So, I mean, uh, how hard you get a beer go. mile do, right? Right. How about a, how about exactly. a tequila trot? Lined up. What's that? How about a tequila trot? Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard about the tequila two mile. It's been a thing that's been thrown around. I don't know if anyone's actually done that, but uh, you know, obviously having uh, eight shots of tequila within a ten minute period is, would be pretty, uh, you know, pretty intoxicating. But <laughs> but actually, it probably wouldn't be that hard because. You know, you don't have the carbonation factor, so it's just, um, and, you know, if you run it fast enough, the alcohol probably barely has the time to hit your system, so, you know, it might be, uh, you could be a little bit drunk at about 20 minutes afterwards, but during the actual two-mile race, I don't think it would be that bad. I guess not. <laughs> well, let's stretch it out, guys. Let's stretch it out with it. I'm thinking maybe the Wine 100. An ultra. Hey, so. It's an ultra. You got to drink a glass of wine every mile. Just don't tell Cardazis that one, okay? Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks very much, James and Chuck. It's always a pleasure uh, talking to to great runners out there. Thanks for inspiring us. You're listening to Running Flat Radio, and we'll be back right after these messages.
The Morning Drive gives you that perk to start your day. On the next show at 6.20, we want to know about the worst movie you have seen. Angelina Jolie recently talked about an awful movie she was in when she was 17, saying it was really bad and one of the worst she's ever seen. And a co-worker of ours recently had his shoes stolen, of all things. At 7.20, we'll talk about the weird stuff people steal. The Morning Drive, weekday mornings 5 till 9 on AM 800. Spinach and avocado are back for a limited time at Subway restaurants. Experience the fresh effect of biting into a sandwich made with creamy, delicious avocado or fresh, tender spinach. Because each bite will put you into a taste trance like nothing you've ever... Did you eat my turkey breast and ham sandwich with avocado and spinach? Did you? Uh, (laughs) Experience the fresh effect for yourself. Head to a participating Subway restaurant and add spinach and creamy avocado to your favorite sandwich. Subway, eat fresh. Celebrate the vast diversity of culture through art, music, dance, and food at the 39th Annual Carousel by the River, June 13th through the 15th. Experience the very best of world cuisine, world music, and world art. Visit the TD Children's Village June 14th and 15th. Enjoy entertainers, dancers, games, crafts, and special guest Cinderella, a few special surprise superheroes, and much more. The Carousel by the River is sponsored by TD Bank, OTMPC, Canadian Heritage, Ontario, yours to discover, CTV2, and AM800. Now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Centre. Clear tonight, a low of 15. Showers along with the risk of thunderstorms tomorrow afternoon, a high of 21. Clearing and cool Wednesday night, a low of 8. Lots of sunshine in store for Thursday, Friday and Saturday. High of 21 Thursday, 23 Friday, 25 on Saturday. Once again tonight, clear, a low of 15. Tomorrow, showers along with a risk of thunderstorms in the afternoon, a high of 21. Wednesday night, clearing and a cool low of 8. If you think cloverleaf tuna is only for sandwiches and casseroles, then I'd like to introduce you to a little... Out of the can thinking. Because tuna isn't just rich in protein, a source of vitamin D, and low in fat. It can also be... Creamy tuna pasta skillet. Or... Delicious salsa tuna roll-ups. Or... Exotic Asian tuna noodle salad. Get these amazing recipes and more at cloverleaf.ca. Cloverleaf. Open up... The possibilities. Wendy's presents the $4.99 Night Owl Combo. Welcome to Wendy's. Can I take your order? I'm so excited the $4.99 Night Owl Combo is back that I became the Night Owl. I see that. Nice costume. I stayed up all day making it. Oh, the tights are a nice touch. The Wendy's $4.99 Night Owl Combo with a Dave's Hot and Juicy Cheeseburger Small Fries and Drink. Taxes extra. Available after 10 p.m. all summer long at participating Wendy's. Now that's better. They're not tights. They're meggings. Man leggings? No, meggings. AM 800. Well, as far as news concerned, we get everything from AM 800. CKLW. I could dream you on the internet or my phone. I listen to you more than I watch TV. Local news first. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800. Welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. You know what? Sometimes it's your personal best, and then sometimes it's the beer mile. Hey, what can I say? Uh, great to have uh, James Nielsen on and uh, Chuck Engel, my, my old friend from uh, uh, MarathonGuide.com. You know, it's uh, Running Flat has uh, produced a lot of events uh, over the last year, and we have a number of events coming up this year. Uh, our, really, our, one of our big ones is the, the Canada Day uh, 5K run in Amherstburg, Ontario. It is a 5K run or walk it is almost sold out it is the run where uh, we have terry fox on on this year's medal uh, and special thanks to uh, fred fox terry's uh, brother for giving us permission to use terry's likeness on the medal and right after that because uh, that's canada day which is on a tuesday and we actually race on the holiday itself july 1st but on uh, on july 5th we have rock me anaphylaxis which is uh, our rock and roll run and uh, it's a run that's uh, based in downtown Windsor on the waterfront. And, and we have Kiss Destroyer playing the finish line. So let me tell you, it's going to be an awesome run. So register today before it sells out. And, uh, and of course, we have the Color Run July 19th uh, in Windsor at the waterfront. And we also have Run for Heroes Marathon, which has been selling really fast within the last week because we had a price increase just recently. And, uh, and there's lots of folks uh, been registering. So the half is about ready to sell out. 
and uh, and the full has some spots in it, and we're also introducing a kids marathon to that event as well. But uh, before we uh, we do that, we want we want to talk to our good friend uh, from Canadian Running Magazine, uh, Michael Doyle. Running Flat Radio presents the Canadian Running Magazine Report on AM eight hundred. Michael Doyle. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm, I'm awesome. Hey, what do you think of a running flat beer mile world championship? I like the sound of that. Does that, does that sound grand? <laughs> you know, the beer mile is probably my strongest event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a contender from Canada. Well, don't be fooled by the beer mile, though. I think the beer mile is, is right up there with the marathon in terms of difficulty level. And especially just like the marathon, once you've done one, you know what you got yourself into, and the second one becomes terrifying. <laughs> That's right. I think we do the Walkerville Brewery uh, beer mile. I think uh, I think I, we can talk to the boys about that. I think they would do it. It uh, that'd be a fun event. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. That's a great idea. I think, you know, I mean, as long as it's done responsibly, it's like a it's a, a great experience, a great community experience. Uh, you know, anyone over nineteen can give it a try. Uh, <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks. Drinking four beers and you know under ten or fifteen minutes is a pretty crazy experience. Yeah. Or under five minutes. Under five minutes is, well, as we just saw, nearly impossible and probably one of the most impressive running records we'll ever see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, certainly under 10 minutes is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. And, and James is a real fun interview, too, by the way. What a what a, what a smart guy he is. So Yeah, my colleague Scott actually spoke to him for our upcoming issues. So we've got a fun little interview with him tucked into the, the front of the next issue, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. So that's, that's a really good read, and he, he had a great time talking to him. Awesome. So you just came back from Oregon. I did, yes. I went out to uh, the Nike headquarters, got a tour of the Nike headquarters in Beaverton, Oregon, which was in and of itself an amazing experience. I mean, it's like it's like a beautiful university campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of thousand people working there. Um, and then they brought what they brought me out for, though, was to uh, cover the Prefontaine Classic, which is perhaps the greatest track and field meet in the world besides uh, Olympics or World Championships. So we were out there in Eugene for uh, for Friday night and Saturday during the day to cover the event, and that was uh, quite quite amazing. A couple of American records fell. There's a couple of upsets, really fast races. The fastest mile ever run in the United States was run there. It was it was great. It was a great experience to be there. Yeah, Ring, Ring Flat Radio has been working with, uh, with Nike to get uh, Phil Knight on the air. Uh, oh wow, that'd be great! Just basically to talk about, you know, you know, what was it like forty years ago developing, you know, really what became uh, an industry uh, of running shoes and and uh, and where it's gone from there and where is it going from here? Uh, well, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. When we were there at the uh, at the Nike headquarters, we got a tour by one of the first employees. He's been around since the late seventies, and. We walked through kind of the genesis of the, uh, the the Nike story, and you know he started by selling uh, um, handmade shoes out of the back of a VW van. Him, him and Bill Bowerman, the coach at, at Oregon, uh, you know, so they, they were making the shoes in New Hampshire in a in an old uh, women's shoe uh, factory, and then selling them out of the back of a van in, in the in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, remarkable story, and 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 Phil Knight would be a great addition to. To just get just just to hear the stories, just to have that friendly conversation with him. So hopefully uh, his press folks will agree to it. And we can we can do that maybe later on this summer. So what uh, what else is going on in Canada? Oh, you know, I mean, I'm actually. You just mentioned before the, your Canada Day 5K, and I think that right now is the the best time to just kind of let go a little bit of the mileage and try some speed work try some harder shorter intervals i mean it's really hot out right now so it's you know it's getting to be summertime i personally find it really tough to train over you know those long temp grindy tempo runs in the dead of heat in the summertime so i like to scale it back try a couple of 5k's 10k's uh you know there's there are tons of 5k's on uh, the canada day type 5k is a, a tradition in this country uh you guys put on a great event it sounds like it's going to be a great one this year i think the canadian uh, running guys need to do a, a road trip and, and get themselves some Terry Fox medals. A little, uh, a little Tuesday trip down the uh, down the 401 to the uh, to the Canada Day 5K, where history began in Amherstburg, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm gonna float that one around the office. I really <laughs> like your medal. The medal this year is very cool. I really like that you guys select a a great Canadian figure every year, and it's a different one every year. That's a really nice little little detail. Um, yeah, I'll float that around the office. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think you guys should. 
Uh, and the Ottawa Marathon happened uh, not too long ago. We need a chance to talk about that, but some pretty exciting stuff happened there as well. Yeah, geez, you know, records falling, fastest time in Canadian soil ever. I, you know, I thought that record from last fall in Toronto for the fastest time was in the 207, 207s was going to stand for quite a while, but then Ottawa rolled out this world-class race. The 10K that they put on, on on Saturday night is just phenomenal. I mean, it's one of the best 10Ks, road 10Ks in the world. Uh, they just put on such a great event out there. Uh, Scott Leach, my, my staff writer, was there. He was in the lead vehicle for the event and live tweeting it, and he said he had a lot of fun. It was a great a great time. I, I was out in the East Coast in Cape Breton running around a mountain, uh, so I, I unfortunately missed it, but I think next year I might have to make the effort to go, to go check it out because it's it's what it's one of Canada's best events for sure. Yeah, and and how was the Cape Breton uh, race, by the way? I don't think we ever really caught up on that. Oh, that was so much fun! Twenty four hours in in a van with a group of your friends, or if they're not your friends beforehand, they're definitely going to be your friends by the end of it, <laughs> or, uh, or maybe not. <laughs> or or maybe maybe not, depending on how the chemistry goes. And uh, there's 17 legs. It's about 300 kilometers divided up 17 ways. You're running up and down mountains like Cape Smoky, which is a 2K climb up to the top, and then screaming downhill for 8K down the other side. Uh, it's a really dramatic, breathtaking, really well-executed race. The people that do the chip timing out there, they have this kind of rolling jamboree of chip timing all, all along the, the trail. They do a phenomenal job and never screw up. It's uh, it's one of the best events in Canada for sure. Well, that's great to hear, mm. Michael. Thanks for joining us this week, and uh, and we'll catch up with you next week. And when's your next issue coming out? It's coming out right around middle of this month, June fifteenth. It should be on on newsstands. Newsstands, chapters, Coles. You got it everywhere. Everywhere, Canadian Running Magazine. Thanks, Michael, for uh, for joining us. All the best. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Running Flat Radio. Uh, For more information about our runs and also getting involved in Running Flat, you can always reach us at www.runningflat.com. And keep running. And that's the end of it. End of episode. Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski. Tuesday night, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Running Flat Radio is a paid program. Local news is next on AM 